Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Kokora Movement Podcast. On this episode, we have Dr. Perry Nicholson. He is a chiropractor based out of New Jersey and a rock tape instructor. He also has several of his own courses, including Primal Movement Chains, the Lymphatic Mojo, the Body Aquarium, and Functional Health Solutions that he is doing with Dr. Stuart Galepsi. I am really excited to have this conversation. And without further ado, Dr. Perry Nicholson. to talk to you about it. I'm kind of thinking about this a lot. Um, so there's uh, this concept that there's these points in your life where your life is completely different before and after. And so that's kind of what yeah. I wanted to talk to you about is uh, your, you know, quote unquote, overnight success. And so, <laughs> sure. so uh, the first thing um, that I was wondering was like, you started chiropractic care about 20 years ago is that right yes yeah probably so i graduated in 1997 so yeah yeah about 20 yeah a long time ago yeah so uh, my first question and what i want to kind of explore is when did you have that paradigm shift where you realized that there was a different way to kind of practice this and a different way to do this chiropractic you mean yeah yeah. Okay. Sure. I'm open for anything. You let me know whatever yeah, you want. So let's, uh, let's talk about that though for a second, because, um, cause I remember there was one point in my, uh, massage therapy career where I was looking at people and wondering why they weren't getting better. And then all of a sudden stuff just started clicking and all these new, all this new information kind of came to light that was out of the standard kind of massage therapy realm where I was able yeah. to start being more effective with people. So I was wondering when was that first kind of paradigm shift for you to where you started changing and, and practicing differently? Are you recording now or you're not? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, that's a really good question. Well, honestly, I, I'm going to tell you right from the get go, chiropractic was not what I actually thought it was going to be when I got there. I think maybe I had some disillusion at what I thought it was going to be because of how I was taken care of by my chiropractor. And when I got there, I never really truly loved it uh, or gravitated towards it. I kind of had uh, some feeling in my soul that there had to be something beyond this, even though it's really great stuff, you know, don't get me wrong. And uh, I, I got out of school, got my diploma, I got out of school, started to go through, you know, kind of the normal steps that they teach you to do in chiropractic and consider this is back in 1997. And we didn't have the type of education available that you can get now or continuing education courses and all sorts of different things and movement was shoot, nobody even talked about that stuff back then. Um, and uh, I, I got out and I started practicing like you would uh, practice, but I really hated it. I just kind of thought that 
there's got to be more to why these people keep need to keep getting chiropractic adjustments and stuff that's not holding. But I really couldn't find an answer for it. So I just kept doing the same old thing, honestly, right? But it was something like on my shoulder saying, you can't just keep doing this, man. You got to you gotta try to figure it out. And I was really close to quitting altogether. But something happened where, um, you know, I think that the universe knew that I was struggling and it threw me an ass kicking. And I had to close my office because my business wasn't doing well. And I, I think that that's the universe telling me that I'm not, I'm not really in the groove of where my energy should be. And it kind of gave me a kick in the ass to send me in the right direction. And instead of quitting, I ended up working for a sports chiropractic group that put their offices inside gymnasiums. And mine went in the old school Valley Total Fitness when they were around. Yeah. And that was like a you know, big box gym if there ever was one. And that was way better for me because I was in an athletic environment. I was in a fitness environment. And I had always been into working out since I was 14. I was into bodybuilding since I could remember. And I'm like, this is better. So I started working with athletes, working with sports. And then um, I actually started to say, you know what? This might be the ticket. Started to look at movement more. And I, I remember kind of how everything changed. I was on Amazon and I was looking around for a book about movement and fitness. And I came across uh, Mark Vestigian's book, uh, Core Performance. And I got that book and I was like, wow, this is great. You know, I saw foam rolling for the first time, man. I saw what activation drills were and looking at stuff that you'd want to do to somebody before they train, not just chiropractic, because that's what I was doing, just chiropractic, stuff like that. And um, then I got that book, read it, and then it said, you know, on Amazon, they have this thing where if you enjoyed this or like this, you might like this. Yeah. And then what showed up was a guy that changed my life forever. And that was athletic body and balance by Greg cook. Yep. And I got that book and that was the first kind of initial FMS functional movement screen thing. I got that. And I was like, wow, man, this shows me everything. It's like, where do you think it is? It ain't treat where the pain is not. And you might find the answer for why they're hurting. Cause I was tired of quote unquote chasing pain, which is the name of my business. And I just started to do his principles and introduce some of my therapeutic modalities into these non-painful dysfunctional areas, particularly with laser therapy. And then I got great results. I was like, oh man. And then I just messaged him one day and said, thank you for what you did. I'm having great results. And then he gave me a phone call actually the next day. Yeah. And, and he said, uh, you know, come on down to my office, man. I'd love to learn about laser. You do movement. And then that was the very beginning of my, movement journey uh and my life was never the same again i had a moment of like this is what i have been looking for this is what i have been searching for and i mean it's it's like the whole world changed at that moment right and yeah it's um i've never looked back man and then the stop chasing pain which is my brand Actually, I got that name from Gray Cook. I was in one of his seminars for the SFMA, the Selective Functional Movement Assessment, which is the medical side of looking at movement. And three words. This is like baseline, just beginning, man. Like, yeah, nobody really heard of it. And I had three words showed up on a white screen in red. Stop chasing pain. I'm like, that's it. Like, <laughs> man, punch right in the head, man. 
And I just immediately stopped listening. I did a Google search and to see if the web name was available on GoDaddy.com. Yeah. And it was. So I snagged it. And then I told Gray, I said, man, this is, this is what I want to run with. Are you cool with that? So. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's funny because that's kind of a parallel path for me. Um, you know, I started out, like, immediately took a rock tape course because I was using rock tape to keep myself together doing CrossFit and martial arts and stuff like that. Um, and then heard about Gray Cook through them, through the joint-by-joint -joint approach, and then bought his movement book. Yep. Started reading through that and just kind of the same thing where, you know, I started kind of doing the typical massage on people, and I'm like, this isn't what I need to be doing. I, I really need to go down this direction because people, when they feel pain, it's not just when they're laying there, it's when they're moving. So we need to figure out where the pain is from and where it's coming from. And it never really made sense to me. And then, you know, the rock tape and the, the, the courses are just amazing because they give you all of the basic kind of framework of what you need in order to kind of start accomplishing that. Because then I started going down anatomy trains and started yeah. to see how all the fascial lines made a huge difference. And, and then I could start kind of pinpointing it, but uh, you're kind of at the, the forefront of a lot of this stuff because I found out about you um, when my wife was trying to figure out how to make her hip stop hurting. And, mm -hmm. you know, so she's Googling all this stuff and she sees you, uh, a YouTube video of you teaching a neurokinetic therapy class. And was like, you need to take this because I need to get better. And I'm like, okay, I'll go take that and see what that's about. <laughs> you know? And so then yeah. that sent me down the neurokinetic therapy rabbit hole. And then, you know, so, mm yeah, it's a, it's really interesting. So now I want to talk about at what point did you realize that you needed to start teaching this stuff? Because you've been teaching for rock tape for quite a while, correct? Uh, yeah, well, it happened organically, actually. I mean, I was really never had any desire to go teach. Like, I wasn't saying to myself, wow, you know, I want to start putting things out there and then go teach. That was never really what I want. I was just uh, doing some things and getting some great results and thinking to myself, you know what? I mean, I'm just going to share this stuff with other people. Maybe they would like it. Maybe I can change somebody's life or give them a different way they can look at it like it did for me. And it just sort of grew from there. And then what happened is somebody reached out to me saying, do you have any of your own courses or do you teach? And I was like, well, no, not really. But, you know, it's the first time I thought about it. And I didn't really do anything with it, honestly, because just because somebody says that doesn't mean that anyone would actually show up right. uh, to, to see you teach. And I had the opportunity, actually, that happened after that where I could teach for Rock Tape because Steve Capobianco, who's been on my podcast, um, reached out to me because I put a post up on Facebook inquiring about taping. Like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of dabbling in this stuff. It looks pretty cool. I don't know much about it. And he messaged me and he said, why don't you come on down to, to Miami? I'm teaching a course there and you can drop on in and see if you like it. And I said, sure. And because he'd follow my work and I went down there, took the class and he said, if you want, you can teach this section here on um it was on the ankle i think we were doing some ankle stuff so i did a little quick demo of what i do my voodoo stuff on the ankle and did some tape stuff and he said you know we're looking for some instructors and obviously 
you like the tape and you got some cool stuff and um it boom that was it and then all of a sudden uh, that's when it was a young company there was only like five instructors in the whole company and uh, now it's huge but had the opportunity at that time to teach a lot because there was only a few instructors all over the country and I was out like two, three weekends a month doing that. And yeah. uh, that was kind of my initiation into starting to teach, which I'm forever grateful to rock tape. I still teach for them today as one of their master instructors because they put me in front of a lot of people. They, they made it an opportunity for me to, kind of discover who I am as a teacher, my style, my, the way I like to deliver information, which is pretty much the, uh, different than most people. Cause I'm kind of in your face. I'm a little bit different than, than most people. Right. Anybody's come turn to my course, you know what I'm talking about. But yeah. And then from there, I decided to start to launch my own first course, which is the primal movement change, moving beyond mobility, which is all, ground-based body weight, neurodevelopmental baby type movements, which I launched. And then I've subsequently created uh, two other courses since then. Yeah. And I've yeah. taken two out of three and they're really, it's really game changing stuff. I think, uh, so going back to uh, Steve Capobianco, he was one of the first people I ever interviewed for my podcast. And he, you know, cause his uh, project move was in uh, Littleton and my wife's yep. family's from there. And so I was just like, hey, I drove all the way out here. I might as well make this a business trip and interview this guy. And I had no idea really who he was or what he was about. And, you know, he welcomed me into his gym with open arms and started walking me around and showing me all his stuff and just started talking. And I was like, holy shit, I feel like I should be recording everything this guy says. Like, he's smart move. Yeah, yeah, he's on the ball. And then so finally, uh, sat down to uh, interview him and you know, that guy is just a wealth of information. And I think that he leads by example. And I think, you know, one of the things that I love about rock tape so much is that they're constantly getting all these different people that are, are really intelligent and passionate in their particular viewpoint, but then bring it back to rock tape. And I think that's really cool. I and mean, then he's constantly researching and developing and adding new stuff. And so, you know, I, every instructor that I interview is telling me to take the courses over again because there's always new stuff that's added in there. Yeah, uh, he's one of a kind for sure. He is one of the most intelligent people I've ever met, but I can tell you the most humble Yeah. as well. He, he always likes to put others uh, in the forefront and right. make, make them shine. Rock tape, uh, honestly, would not be where it is today without his uh, influence on what he does because he's a self-professed fascial geek you know right and he he loves to study research and uh, science and to see how things change and it, honestly the course now is almost completely different from how it was in the beginning right because of because of him and his willingness to embrace things and introduce new cutting edge things that are in pain science and neuroscience um, from because things change so fast honestly it's like what what we think we knew yesterday we found find out is incorrect or wrong tomorrow 
it's almost like the technological boom with phones and stuff like that happened so fast. It's like research is the same way. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to keep up, honestly. But that's also one of the things that I have to tell people. You also have to take some of this stuff that you learn uh, and, and not be married to it because you have to, to understand that what you do and how you approach somebody right now, um, or why we put with false put this way, why we think it works right. will probably completely change. Right. And the most, the most important thing that I try to tell people is that it freaking works. Right. I mean, that, that's, that's what you want to look at. Right. Yeah. And then, but, but why it works, uh, that's going to be up in the air for our, what our limited brains can actually wrap ourselves around based on what the human body is actually physically capable of. Right. So, and then going back to your course, uh, the primal movement changers was the first course of yours that I took from you. Um, mm. that's always constantly evolving as well. Right. So, cause I'm, yeah, yeah. Cause you, um, I took a course from you at Andy Shea's place in Denver or not in Denver in uh, San Diego last April. And then yep. you got a primal movement change right after that. And then I think I learned it I took it from you down in Phoenix in August and it was almost like you were teaching completely different movements compared to like videos and stuff that I saw. So it's almost beneficial to take that course from you once a year, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, that's what I like to try to do as well. I'm always learning and evolving and um, I'll introduce new things or take things out. I think if you're, if you're always teaching just the same thing all the time, I don't think that that shows that you're, you're growing yourself. Right. right. Yeah. And cause I'll, I'll, I'll get down and I'll explore and I'll change things and I'll tell people that too. And they're at my classes. I, the, the worst thing I can do as a teacher is have you think you have to do everything like I'm doing it. I, yeah. I want you to take, take a concept that I'm teaching you and then how about make it, you and bring you to it because you can probably improve it and make it better or tweak it because listen there's no new things in the universe that we haven't seen yet it's right. it's just somebody's flair that they're gonna put on it and then of course they'll make it a three-letter acronym when they do it but right um and then you're like oh this is the cool thing and i'm like you know what that's pretty awesome i like never thought about that the way somebody might discover it and then they'll ask me during a class they'll say dr perry could you do this and my answer is always the same absolutely you can do whatever you want to do as long as you follow that first rule of that they i think you should follow anywhere in life not just medicine that is first do no harm right uh, at least not intentionally put it that way yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, because because I, you actually all you have to do harm in a little way, honestly, through some of the movements that you're doing. Not necessarily have physical pain when you do it, but approach discomfort and maybe sometimes pain because it's that stress that you get in life that makes you stronger. If you don't test those stress limits and your your ranges of motion, right? I mean, you do that with your FRC stuff. You have to really go into these extreme ranges of motion, but under control. Right. And, but, but that's the only way you're going to be stronger and adapt and become more resilient. If you always do stuff in this same like safety zone here, you get weaker because that's what right. happens to your, your immune system as well. If you don't expose yourself to 
uh, bacteria or toxins or bad stuff, how in the world is your nervous system ever going to respond to things when it comes at it if you've you've been uh, coddled, you know, and taken care of the whole time? You actually are much more vulnerable to uh, illness or disease if you don't expose yourself to bacteria or toxins or things like that or dirt or germs. And same thing in relationship to movement. So my thing now is I've honestly gotten away from this quote unquote, what's good movement, what's bad movement. I don't really think there is such a thing because it's dependent on the environment that you're in, your mindset and the task you're trying to do. It's I like different movement. I think different is way more powerful than good or bad. And there's, there's different levels of that, like a pendulum. I mean, the whole pathway that a pendulum goes through is part of the pathway. Right. You know, and that's the same thing we have to do with movement. When people say, well, should, should my, you know, hips or neck or pelvis be tilted left, right, anterior, posterior? And my answer is yes, <laughs> it, it is. I mean, it's the easiest answer to do. I mean, I would want you to explore those movements many, many different ways. And it's right. brain candy too, because your brain gets bored really fast. Yeah. And it, it just turns off and it, it, you need to start lighting it up with as much, var- I call it the three V's, variation, variability, and variety. And my new term for it is called adaptable movement. And right. adaptable movement comes from b- variety and variation or what you might call organized chaos in a yeah. way. Because when people get hurt in life, nine times out of 10, it's when you're just doing your thing, you're you're going through life and you're not trying to focus on keeping your pelvis or your feet or things in a a certain position when you're moving, you're just living. Right. And you're not thinking about how you're moving. And that's what I want to try to do when people come to see me in my office is to have them just uh, play in a way because that, Looking at quote unquote corrective exercises or rehabilitation as a form of play, it takes a lot of stress off of you as well. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. And then some of the biggest reasons that somebody might be in pain is because they're under so much stress because they're worried about doing something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and you say this a lot in your course and it's not the exact quotes, but you, your body knows what to do when it needs to do it. Right. So, you know, you, I posted the video of my mom doing the anti-fragile matrix and, and, you know, she, so that's how I trick her into being on the ground a lot, you know, so I I make her do her dumbbell shoulder press on the ground. I make her do bear crawls. I make her do crab walks. I make her do all this stuff. And she, you know, complains about it at the moment, but then she's getting so much variability, just getting down on the ground and back up. And that's it. And because, you know, as you've said before, you don't do that the same way every time. And so the net yeah. builds variance and then you build more strength and then you become more robust. And the more you do it, the, the less the ground is a dangerous place for you. And so, you know, the more I kind of delve into that, it seems like the, the ground gets scary once you get older because we spend less time there. Whereas like other cultures, they, you know, eat on the ground, they watch TV on the ground, they sleep on the ground. So then they end up being older and then are hiking up mountains when they're 90 years old and everybody in America is like, Oh my God, they hiked up a mountain. That's amazing. I'm like, well, that's how they get water. So I don't know. It's fine for them. 
And uh, that's one of the biggest takeaways that I got from your course and also uh, uh, the DNS education, just really, you know, getting people on the ground and helping them figure out their body from there and then start working outward. Yeah, I mean, it's one of my favorite things to do. And it's so simple. That's yeah. why um, if I do my job right when I teach or you come to see me, uh, you say a couple of things. One, I want you to say, why in the hell didn't somebody tell me this stuff before? Yeah. Um, and then the other one is it can't be that simple. Like they, they, they feel like that that's I could have done that. I'm like, I know you could have, but you didn't. Right. It's like right. all these these things that you just go down and back up again many, many different ways. And it's absolutely magical. And there's no wrong way to do it either. And yeah. so now, now what I have people do is I'm like, okay, you just go down to the ground. And when you're down there, just do like a little bit of a crawl or a roll and then stand back up. Right. And then yep. go back down and then do another movement on the ground and then stand back up. So you can intermix the, fall matrix going up and down with something different that you do on the ground. And a lot of times now what I have people do is just go and sit in these, what they call resting postures. They're postures that you would like rest in a chair, right? But you do it on the ground where you have to use much more of your body to remain erect and fight gravity and stay stable. So you have the earth or ground pushing back up against you, which is giving you some uh, different force pressures into your tissue, which can be very therapeutic and healing as well. But then it's also a lot of work. Like people get yeah. exhausted, honestly, when they have to go sit down there for a couple of minutes and have to use their body and not lean back up against the chair. And, that's primal things that we used to have to do. And uh, it's surprising how many people come back to me. It's not surprising anymore, but they say, I can't believe how just doing that for a few minutes uh, every now and then, or when I get home has made such a difference because they feel they have to make these big, huge changes in their life. And otherwise they're not going to see any difference. And it's the hour of just little, little tiny things, what I call LTAs, little tiny action steps, that small 1% improvement that you do all the time develops that compound interest, just like a bank account for like, hey, I've been putting a dollar in there every day. And like at the end of the year, I got a hell of a lot of money in my bank account right, because right. everything begins to build up, right? It's, it's only hard in the beginning because people want to see some fast changes and fast results, right? But right. With this one, you actually will. Like I tell people that if you go to the up and then back down to the ground again every single day and just sit in one of these postures, you'll probably feel significantly different in one to two days. Like right. and if you do it if you do it for a month, you'll be a different human being without question. Right. And if you do it every morning indefinitely, then you're just seeing incremental improvement over time, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, part of the reason this stuff works so well for people, I say it in class all the time, is because you don't do it now. Right. Like, you're, you're, you're just doing something different. You're stepping outside your normal habitual behavioral routine, otherwise known as your environment. And they're saying, they're showing you now that the environment is the key trigger for your health, right. not necessarily uh, 
your willpower to change. It's if you can make the environment different, then you're much more likely to succeed at something as opposed to having to force yourself to change uh, a habit. And I've never found anything, honestly, that has that much paying of a dividend for such a simple type movement to go up to the ground and down again. You can do it at, at any age. I mean, I, honestly, I've got uh, kids that struggle with it because yeah. kids have very poor movement patterns and teenagers. They're some of the worst movers on the planet. Yeah. And uh, same thing when you have the elderly people as well. And then some people tell me, oh, my gosh, I, I can't have an older person do that. They might get hurt. I'm like, that's exactly why you need to do it. Right. Because uh, you're going to prevent them from hopefully dying if they do fall, because falls take out uh, elderly in a lifespan of about five years very, very fast after a fall. Because when you fall, you get scared to move, and then you don't move anymore, and you just start to wither and die away, basically. Right. So movement is life. I like it. Um, yeah, and it's not it's not very high threshold. It's not very difficult. You know, people think they gotta they gotta go so hard and intense and break a sweat and you know no pain no gain type things and, and very few people can do that over a long period of time. And plus, your nervous system doesn't want you to do that stuff either. I mean, right. your your brain and your nervous system don't like you to be in pain. They don't like for you to be in discomfort. Because yeah. it's not a it's not a smart survival strategy to push yourself like that. It likes to conserve energy, take the path of least resistance, do the minimal minimal amount of work to accomplish a task. So that's why if you can do more full body type movements, you get way bigger payback for right. yourself. Right. Right. And so my other favorite part about your courses too is that you are kind of a science experiment on yourself. And then that kind of reverberates yeah. off to everybody else, right? So um, your uh, lymphatic mojo, I want to talk about that a little bit because I, you know, we touch on it in massage school, but we just really kind of breeze right past it. Like this is how yeah. you do lymphatic massage. And then, you know, we're going to move on to this. It was only like an hour class or so. And so when you release your video, I kind of bought it uh, right away because I thought it was uh, uh interesting, especially with the, the biofrequency therapy um, courses that I've taken, that you can, it's something that you can just easily affect to make such a huge difference in somebody. So for instance, I had a guy who was complaining to me that he had really tight calves and he can't bend over and touch past his knees. And so I get him on my table and I assess his lymph and he's like chronically inflamed. So I brush it all out and move it, you know, just went and use my toothbrush like you told me to in the video and he had um, almost 45 degrees more range of motion just from br brushing his lymph out and I'm just like yeah and it's just it's one of those things that you know once people once I pull out my toothbrush people are like oh my god what's this guy doing and then I <laughs> but then I make them feel better almost instantly it's just a huge deal and so you know I yeah. I uh you know, you had a post recently where you said it's just one of the the, the least uh, addressed systems in your body. And, you know, since I learned it, I've been trying to, you know, brush my lymph at least like, you know, five or six times a week. You know, there's obviously sometimes I forget, but, uh, you know, it's it's such a easy thing to do, but so helpful. 
Yeah, well, you know, you're not alone in that. I mean, they don't really go over it that much in uh, medical school either. <laughs> yeah. You know, they kind of brush over that system. And, and I did too, to be yeah. quite honest with you. I never really looked at the importance of the system. I mean, I'm 52 years old and, you know, I've been practicing since 1997. And I think the only time I ever looked at limp was during my boards and then yeah. the little bit that we teach you with rock tape to try to change edema or fluid dynamics with uh, tape. But I, I didn't really give it a second thought either. So I really can't fault people because they just don't know. Nobody's right. uh, put it out there. That's why I did it. Like I, the reason I got into it is because I was really, really sick like five years ago and I developed some autoimmune issues and my body was just dealing with a lot of systemic infections and I was headlong into a ton of suffering felt like I was dying honestly and you know that's some of the stuff that brought me into the functional medicine things that I'm doing now and I brought myself back to a certain degree and then uh, I got exposed to the lymphatic system as being a driver for the reason that I was so puffy and had chronic sinus issues and always clearing my throat and just never being able to lose weight and big walking marshmallow kind of thing, you know, despite training and exercising and working out all the time. Cause yeah. you know, you, if you have a lymphatic system problem that's gotten that bad, those things won't make a difference. Right. Uh, they can, they can actually make it worse. You can't train your way out of that one unless you work directly with the, the limp, which is kind of a interesting thing because two things keep your lymphatic system working well. That's breathing from your diaphragm and human movement. Right. But it, you, your lymphatic system, which is the detox, kind of one of the detoxification systems of your body, the sewage system of your body, it's supposed to keep the spaces that your cells live in clean. And that's pretty damn important. Right. Right. <laughs> right? And I'm like, yeah. I don't know how anybody can't think that, geez, I mean, all the cells in my body you know, have to heal and regenerate in order for me to continue to thrive and live and not die and degenerate. Right. I should probably look and see, you know, how the environment is that they live in. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but no, they don't. Nope. And, you know, they only look at lymphatic system if you have cancer because they know that the cancer spreads through the lymphatic system. And I think, well, now that I look back on it, I'm like, dude, that tells you a ton right there. Like, right. If you have something that can metastasize or travel anywhere in your body from one other place, then that's an important system that goes every freaking place. Right. And you know, they hadn't even discovered the new organ that they found, the interstitium right. lately, that they overlooked the oopsie daisy. We didn't know it was there right in front of us. Right. And then that's fluid filled spaces. And yep. they call that now pre-lymphatic. So that stuff drains into your lymphatic system as well. And I just started look, trying to learn anything and everything I could about the lymphatic system because, dude, when I started working on that thing, I began to feel phenomenal, like really fast after I went through a detoxification, which most people will when they start to work with that system. And, but you'll feel better afterwards. And then I started to look at different techniques. I'm like, how in the hell does nobody really have anything out there on this to teach anybody? And what little bit is out there, they make it seem like it's so difficult to do and you need some like 
you know, physics degree to work the limp, then it's not that difficult. Right. And then I said, you know what, I think there's a way that I can change this up and make this a little bit better, make it so every person on the planet can assess their own limp. They can treat their own limp using a toothbrush. And I chose a toothbrush for a reason because it, it almost everybody has a damn toothbrush. Yeah. And then, you know, it, it's different too. Like it's different than just getting a brush. And I wanted to remove any barrier whatsoever for someone to take action. Because if I said, I want you to go out and buy a brush that you can use for what they call dry brushing and lip, where you brush your skin with a dry brush. A lot of people wouldn't do that because yeah. it's like, I don't know which one to get. I don't know. I mean, I got from Amazon, but you know, it'll, it'll be one obstacle that they won't do. Right. But if you got, if you got a toothbrush, you start there. Right. Yeah. And then I just said, maybe I can mix all this stuff I've learned over these last 25 years in pain science and neuroscience and, and how we respond to human touch on the skin and movement and emotion and the stuff that some people might not know what I'm talking about, but the BPS model, biopsychosocial model of pain and discomfort of how you have to be really, really nice and not be mean when you go into someone, go gentle, go nice, and sensory stimulation drives movement. All this stuff is like fell right into place because most of the lymph in your body is in your skin, like directly in your skin. So if you're really, really nice to it with brushing, you can change a ton of stuff. As well as, you know, be gentle and non-painful to the body. So it takes down this threat and pain response in your brain. You get a lot more blood flow into your system as well, which is the biggest thing I'm into right now next to Lent. And then I, I just started to put it to the test. Like, okay, well, I've got this idea. So I started to, I did it on myself first. I'm my first lab rat as always. And I never do anything out there that I haven't done to myself first. And I do it to myself first because I'm always usually some kind of a freaking mess. Yeah. Uh, you know, the stuff that I've done in my life. And I started to do it on clients and then have people do it on their own. And they said, yeah, I did it. It was simple. So there's the big thing. I needed to make sure that they would take the time to do it. Then I needed to have them get some fast results so they could say, wow, I took the time to do that. And holy camoly, man, I felt vastly different. And everything got better from pain, discomfort, to range of motion, to sports performance, to recovery, and all sorts of things like that. And I said, okay, there's probably something to this thing. And I said, I'll just create my own damn video. Right. And so I created the Lymphatic Mojo Body Aquarium video. Mojo means magic, by the way. That's what I used it. And Body Aquarium is the analogy because your, your body is like a fish tank and all the cells sit inside the tank. And I put that out there and that just exploded. And then I said, well, you know what? Maybe I should put a course together because somebody said, can I get more information? And then I put a one day course together and quickly realized that, holy, I've got so much information I got to teach or I could teach. Then I made it a two day course. That's exactly what I did with my primal movement chains course. That started as a one day. Yeah. It mostly started as a one day because I didn't know if anybody'd show up. Yeah. And then they showed up and I'm like, wow, you know, they enjoyed it. And then I can go to a two day because I have a lot more stuff that I want to say. And then the lymphatic started as a one day, got great response from that. And I launched it as a two day course as well. I still have a one day that I'll do when I travel somewhere. Like if I teach for rock tape, for instance, I'll go in and teach on a Saturday and a Sunday. I'll teach a course for them, but I can fly in the Friday before. 
Yeah. And then teach a very intensive kind of straightforward, isolated lymphatic one where we just don't show you the movements, but we show you all the hands on stuff to do that. And then I have several of those that, that go about, but I've got to be honest with you, man. In my 25 years or so of doing this stuff, I've never found anything to be as powerful as working with the, uh, lymphatic system the only one that comes close right now is working with the immune system but they go hand in hand because the lymphatic system is part of the immune system anyway and that that course is huge for me man that yeah so uh, you go ahead and finish and then we'll talk about your uh, so yeah the 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 lymphatic stuff led me further into the functional medicine stuff because you know i was really sick and i tried to bring myself back as best I could through some functional medicine type things from nutrition to supplements. And it was a learning process for me because I didn't originally go and study functional medicine. Right. And then I was just kind of reading and researching. And then I would see like most people do out there, this, this protocol should work if you have blah, blah, blah. And it was like, just kind of hit or miss, honestly. I definitely got better because I just stopped doing traditional Western medicine, which damn near killed me. And just doing that made a huge difference. And that's what I tell people today. Part of getting healthier is what you stop doing, not so much what you start. And then uh, I reached a point and then I did the lymph, but I, and I was better, but I was still missing something. Like I kind of felt like I was like treading water. Like I couldn't get past a plateau. And then that's when I started to work with my friend, Dr. Stewart, who I think Gillespie, who I think is probably on your show already. Yeah. And my, my partner with the functional health solutions company that, that we formed because I brought him in because it's hard to be objective on yourself. It's right. damn near impossible. And I said, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm struggling to do. And so that's when I learned to be much more specific about what we do for individuals who have, uh, you know, uh, autoimmune problems or inflammation problems or chronic pain. And then I got kind of got the answer of, okay, well, I work the lymphatic system and I can, I can flush the lymph and I can get it moving. But if that keeps coming back, I have to figure out why that keeps coming back. Right. So then I have, I have to get to the underlying reason of why the lymphatic system always needs so much attention, just like chiropractic. Like yeah. I, I could crack your back or adjust your back, but why does that keep coming back? Right. So it's, it's always the why, 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 why. It's an incessant why, why, why. The pain in the ass. I'm always asking why right. to understand that process. And then that's when I got the answer for the functional medicine side because once I change some things up in relationship to my type of training or my nutrition and supplementation that I was taking, that uh, lifted the bar that was holding me down. And then I catapulted forward. And I think that what I teach now that I've learned through all of my own suffering is all this time that I've been trying to get myself better, I was going after uh, individual like system problems. 
Right. I would say, I would say stop chasing pain, which I still say, but I found myself, if I had pain somewhere in uh, the part of the body, I was still only addressing like one system at a time. It would be like, okay, well, my musculoskeletal system, I would just treat that because that's what's hurting. Then I was going after my nervous system, right? So doing things with my nervous system through, through movement or through rock tape. And then it came down to, oh, well, then I've got my immune system, right? Through the functional health solutions. And that's when it hit me. Hey, you know, I mean, like, I know this, that all these systems have to work together. We're not broken into parts. One will influence the other. So now that was the light bulb moment that hits you when you get older, I guess, or getting your ass kicked enough is that I have to look at everything. I have to look at everything. Right. And it really sent home for me the Ida Roth quote that I do all the time of where you think it is, it ain't. Right. And it's a beautiful quote, but I've grown to appreciate that even more because I would always be thinking where you think it is, it ain't in relationship to um, the system I was working on. So like if my right knee hurt, it would not be your right knee, right? It would be maybe, okay, say for instance, your right ankle, your right hip which is a huge game changer for anybody anyway to know yeah. to look above, upstream or downstream. But maybe it's not even your right knee, but it could be your left shoulder or your neck. Right? Right. But then I thought to myself, where do you think it is? It ain't. Well, maybe it's not even a knee problem at all. It very often is an immune system problem. Right. Then, then the immune system, you're under such inflammation that your joints are starting to break down and then everything hurts you. And so where do you think it is? It ain't is a reminder to look at the whole individual in front of you as a person, but all of their systems. So now when I look at someone, I don't just focus on my intake history form of your knee, for instance. I, I look at every single thing that's, ever happened to you and the longer you've had a problem and the more people you've seen the more likely that it's something that other people just think is completely irrelevant and doesn't apply to your condition or happened a long time ago that's usually the answer yeah or it's a completely different system that they're not even thinking about because in medicine today you got everybody has their own field of specialty and you know they don't talk to each other at all and your your average um, healthcare provider that if your knee hurt, they wouldn't even cross their brain to look at some other type of system that's going. Even for me, when I was doing back pain in the beginning, like, okay, well, now I'm like, if your back hurts, one of the first places I'm going to check is your gut. Yeah. Right, to see, because if your gut has got inflammation in there, and trust me, it does. If you're alive on this planet, your gut is a shit show and a half. Right. And then your 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 low back's going to hurt. Yep. And it'd be why? Because everything is interconnected. And it just, I just keep at it and, and try to get that message out there kind of in a very different, maybe um, not so serious tone for yeah. people to maybe, maybe have them take notice a little bit more. You know, that's purposely why I talk about unicorns and rainbows and mojo and magic and all that. It doesn't mean I don't take things seriously or I don't look at science or I don't look at research. But 
you know, people don't follow that boring shit. You know, they're not going to look at it. Like if I can say something like that and have you do a double take and maybe get you to think a little bit different and remember that I'm dealing with a human being uh, that has emotions and feelings and, you know, are, are gravitating towards some things that uh, that's part of the reason of how I try to get my, my message across the, the way that I do. Yeah. Not, not, not your usual uh, norm kind yeah. of thing. But yeah. Uh, so I, I had a great quote that somebody said to me once that I can't remember who said it, but he said that there's zero correlation between appearing to be serious and actually being good at what you do. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of people uh, that just need to get that message across to them to think different, look, look somewhere else. And maybe the way that I do it would get you to laugh or maybe I'm going to piss you off and get you to look at it a different way. I mean, the way you're looking at it, right? It's a, well, that's that's my hope, man, uh, yeah. to do that. And, and I'm coming to it from somebody who's been there myself, right. uh, honestly. Yeah, so the, the path to where I am right now has definitely been interesting. <laughs> so it's a uh, – I'm going to speak on the functional health solutions from uh, my perspective. This, you know, because I've been on – we're similar in the fact that I just kept – getting super frustrated about why people weren't getting better. And so then I, um, you know, keep taking all these different courses and each course reveals a little bit something else. And then I start texting people that I wasn't getting better. But then at your functional health solutions course, within like the first five minutes, I was already texting people. You need to make an appointment with me on Monday. You need (laughs) to make an appointment with me on Tuesday. Because as soon as you know, Stuart was up there and started giving stipulations on which immune system it has and what kind of effects they have and, and everything like that. You're just like, ah, shit, there it is. That's what I needed. And then it just kind of propels you into the stratospheres of what you can do to help people because you know, like it's, it's very rarely a structural issue. It's, there's a lot going on there and people need to, you know, understand it. And it's part of our job to kind of educate people. Hey, this is what's happening. This could be emotional pain. This is why, and this is where it's coming from. You know, this is your immune system. This is the immune system you have. It could be your liver. It could be your gut. It could be this other thing. And that's part of what makes me love my job so much is because I get to help people. But also it's interesting every time they come in, it's something completely different. And you have to play like detective as you're listening to their story to kind of try and figure out where this person's yeah. coming from and what's going on. And, uh, you know, my favorite um, success story from that course is none of mine, but actually Joe Reeds, and I interviewed him on my podcast as well. But, you know, he was in chronic pain for so long to where he had to quit his job and you know, go on disability and, you know, just that, and I keep forgetting that when I took that course with him in San Diego, that was like the the final kind of culmination of where he started to have pain-free days just based off of the consult that he had with Stuart at that course. 
And it's just such an incredible story. And I've heard it three or four times now. And every time I almost start crying, you know, cause it's just, it's such a powerful story. And it's just gets to that point where, you know, you can just really truly help people. And that's what makes this job so good. It makes it so good. And then, you know, talking about um, the path that you've taken to get there, I often describe you to people as, you know, if you're driving down the highway in a blizzard, like Perry Nicholson's the big rig. You just got to follow that guy and you'll probably be okay. <laughs> and so, because you're, you're out there like really like you're, you're, you know, over 20 years into this and you're still so driven to help people and still so driven to learn that you're constantly at the forefront of this stuff that everybody needs to know. So if you're learning it, then, and somebody's in the healthcare field, then they probably need to be learning it too. Oh, thank you, my friend. That's, that's really kind. Yeah, you're always forever a student and learning, right? right. And then at, you made a couple of great points there that I think people need to realize is that you're not supposed to be in pain all the time. Right. You're not supposed to be tired, not, spo not supposed to be tired, not supposed to be fatigued, not supposed to have brain fog, not supposed to have depression, suffering all these chronic pain issues and things like that. The body is designed to heal itself and regenerate as, as long as, as, as best it can with the majority of things, as long as you give it the raw materials it needs to do so. The problem is that we don't you have the raw materials to do so. That we're in such toxic environments physically and emotionally that the human body was never designed to withstand that you just can't keep up with from food to uh, what we drink to don't even get me started on the EMFs and the 4Gs and the 5Gs and all that sort of shit. <laughs> but yeah, you, and, and you're, you, you know, you're only going to be healthy if you can detoxify your body. And I know one thing, if you have chronic pain or disease, yeah, you don't have enough energy or the capability to make new cells. Yeah. And if you, if you can't do that, that means you don't have the raw material to do so, or you have the inability to get rid of the metabolic waste and toxins that are exposed to your body. Or when cells do regenerate, you know, whatever has to die off has to go out. And if it can't go out, then it stays there inside of you. And then you become like a toxic seething mass of something. And disease only happens from toxicity or deficiency. That's it. So you either have too much of something or not enough of something. If you got one, you're going to have the other one. And then you need to be able to. So getting out of chronic pain it's not just about going to see your therapist for your physical therapy or your exercise. I'm talking about chronic pain. Yeah. Know, like, like, like acute pain, if it goes away, that's great. But if it doesn't, and you know that things have been ruled out from a medical standpoint that you might not need surgical interventions or you may have a red flag like cancer or a tumor, you have to be aware of those things. Um, because, I mean, if you need a surgery on a torn labrum, I mean, you know, you got to get it done, right? Right. But it's, it's the afterwards that you can start to do that. And then this is where all these different disciplines can work together. But that's where you know, lifestyle has to be looked at, how you live your life, how you think that some things that you might not be able to do anymore, some brand new habits that you'll have to introduce. introduce. But I just know that somebody's come to see me and they've tried every single different thing you can think of to go on there. First thing I'm going to do is is not what everybody else has done. I'm going to do completely opposite. Right. 
and, and then I'm going to begin to look at places that most other people would not have thought to look at because the answer is there. And if, if you give the body what it needs, it'll, it'll heal. It'll start to feel better really fast. That's what happened with Joe Reed. Like, you know, if, if you have these things and I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm taking this, I'm all these different supplements. And there's so many things that people are on. They just don't know what works or what doesn't work. And then the body usually can't tolerate that much intervention on there. And you actually get worse because you can't detoxify when you're trying to kill off some of these things that are in there. You're doing too much, too fast, too hard, too soon. And if you get it right within a day to three days, you'll feel a significant improvement in your body. And we're not used to that. We don't yeah. we think that that's not possible. Right. And most people just have to keep taking the medications or the pills. And I usually tell people, like, if you have to keep filling a prescription, that just means one thing. It ain't working. Yeah. Yeah. Because you got to keep filling it up. And you yeah. got to figure out why that is. Why do I have to keep taking these corticosteroids, anti-inflammatories? Well, that's the key right there, anti-inflammatory. Or why do I have to keep taking my beta blockers or my thyroid medications? I have to take my thyroid medications because I don't have a thyroid. Right. Because I had, had cancer. But now that I'm looking back on it, I'm like, why the hell did I get cancer in the first place? Right. Well, you, you get cancer because you get exposed to toxins or you have an immune system that can't fight stuff off. You can predispose to having that and you can flip a genetic marker in your body for to get cancer. So yeah. mine was a story building for decades, which is like right. it is for most people. Right. right? Yeah. So all the disciplines have play a role. But if somebody comes in to see me for a chronic hip pain and they're not getting any better, Right. First thing I'm going to do is stop and just say, man, we got to think, let's think 180. Yeah. But I've been doing this so long. So I automatically think 180. Right. Like when you come in to see me, I'm going down the other pathways right from the get go. Right. right. And that's Cause I know I'm going to find the answer there. Otherwise you wouldn't be standing in front of me asking me for help. Yeah, the other stuff would have worked, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, like, because people, yeah, the, every therapy works for somebody. A lot right. of these great programs work. Yeah. But if stuff keeps coming back, yeah, you have to start asking a question of why. And it could be many, many different reasons for that. Right. But the first most powerful thing you got to realize is to actually ask that question. Right. It's a, uh, and it's such a loaded question because it could be anything, but then having the knowledge to ask the right questions to get the right answers is really huge. And I think that, yeah. that you've provided a lot of that. Well, there's a couple of quotes. One is that um, I heard a quote once by Neil deGrasse Tyson and I changed it up a little bit and made it my own. His quote was the universe is under no obligation to make sense to you. Right. And then I just said, ooh, that's really sweet, man. I yeah. like that. So then I just inserted body for universe. So now I say, body's under no obligation to make sense to you. Yeah. Like, it doesn't care whether it makes sense to look at this as a cause for that. You right. just, you know, human beings haven't wrapped our small little brains around that connection yet. Doesn't mean it's not there. Right. And, and the other one is this. You don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. Right. So 
those go hand in hand because it's really terrifying to have unlimited possibilities of what may be causing your illness or your pain. Right. But it, it's really not because once you understand how the systems of the body work together and interact with each other, and you can be with the person that you're with and N equals one, that means the research study is one person. That's the only right. person you deal with, not a group. And then you go back in their history. It's not hard to find at all, especially right. when you know the hierarchy of what is most important to the body and how these systems develop. It, that just takes um, learning, time, dedication, and education to see how not a system works by itself, right? but how it works with other systems. And that's the one thing that kind of drives me a little crazy with medicine because they're so reductionist in their thinking where they want to break things down to try to understand a whole organism by breaking it into small little parts, right. like, an, like an individual cell in a Petri dish. But that's not how it works. I mean, yeah. the, the body is an ecosystem and one change one place will have ripples in other places that you don't even uh, think about. And so, you know, you have to look at like something like, okay, well, if, if I have a decrease in a hormone somewhere, first of all, why do I have a decrease in that hormone? If I have a decrease in this hormone, there has to be something further up that caused that to happen. Then if this one goes down, there's going to be something after that that's a cause of the symptoms. So it's not just a matter of, okay, well, I have a low hormone. Let me just give you more of that hormone. It doesn't work like that. You have right. to, just because I give you more of the hormone doesn't fix what caused it to go down in the first place. And then if I give you that hormone here, then you have problems downstream because then now your body doesn't have to make that hormone anymore because you're giving it to it. So then it'll stop making it. And then you're going to have a world, everything's going to fall apart. So right. It's not just as simple as if you don't have enough of this, let me give you more of it type thing. And that's where we go wrong. You have to look at how things interconnect. Most of these issues that you see for pain or discomfort, they are trickled down 15, 20 steps yeah. past the initial thing, but nobody really pays attention to that because they look at these things as isolated symptoms that don't have any connection to each other. Right. right? Like, Oh doc, I get like heartburn all the time. And then that heartburn will have no relationship to your physician for your hip pain whatsoever. Right. And for me, I'm like, that's the biggest issue right there. Yeah. Like if, if you don't get the heartburn under control with the stomach acid content, you're going to be screwed in your hip because that's why you're going to have inflammation in your hip. Right. Because your body can't uh, break down proteins. Well, cause you don't have enough stomach acid. And then that's where we get lost. Right. And I think that I know that human beings are crying for a different approach. Cause I am one. Right. <laughs> I am a human and I've been there. Yep. Right. And when I was sick, dude, all I wanted to do was feel better. And yeah. I, I honestly was scared and I'd lost hope and I wasn't sure I could get there. And I was, I'm in this business and I felt lost and alone. And I was doing things that weren't necessarily great for me because I wanted to get better. I was just listening to what 
this is what we're going to do for you. And it was medications and surgeries and interventions and stuff like that, that um, for me at the time, you know, when I look back, weren't necessary. But yeah. even if they are necessary, you have to ask yourself why you got to that point in the first place. And then after the surgery, which some people will, may need, of course, then you want to try to put the puzzle piece together after that. Because right. trust me, just because I can cut something out or take something out that's not right, that's going to come back later and it's going to get you a different way. Right. Yeah. So then that, you know, that makes me think of the, the bane of my existence, which is cortisone shots. And what I always tell people is, you know, if your dog poops on the floor and you cover it up with newspaper, the poop is still there. We still have to address the poop. Like that's how, that's how I explain cortisone shots to people. And it just, yeah. Then, yeah. The, the, and so we, we had a really, uh, important conversation for me anyway at uh, the primal movement chains uh, where somebody a friend of mine asked you how do we change the current medical system mm -hmm. and you just simply said well you just start with the outliers and work your way in and I think that you know you and there's other people out there that are doing a really good job of creating those outliers that are really starting to kind of make a difference in people and then that's just going to start to spread like wildfire and you know I think that that's going to make a huge difference and I'm really excited about where that's going. Thank you. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it's the outliers that change things. Yep. You, you, you never try to change things from the center of the curve ever. Right. Yeah. And then, so I wanted to talk to you about one more thing, cause you know, you were teaching at the strength matter summit in Germany and did yep. you ever just kind of stop to, do you ever just stop and look around and be like, what the hell man, like people invite me. So all these crazy places all over the world just to teach the stuff that I know. Does that just like <laughs> blow your mind ever? <laughs> because it blows my all mind. All the time. Oh my God, this guy's crazy. Like <laughs> Every time I do it, yeah, I'm, I'm truly grateful and humbled to be able to do what I love to do. And I'm in another country and standing there and I'm like, is this real? Like. <laughs> You know, of, how, of how it started just with me wanting to share information to maybe try to make somebody feel a little bit better. And then it, it went to this point. Uh, it's definitely uh, an honor for yeah. me to do that. And every time I stand up in front of any group, whether it's five people or 500, it's the same feeling all the time right yeah it, you have uh, teaching is probably one of my favorite things to do in the universe because you have the potential at that moment to change a person's life completely of how they may look at something yeah or uh, challenge a thought process and to to inspire them to make a, a difference in the world maybe just one small thing and then that can be the catalyst and every, every time I teach, um, I, I love it because how people interpret the information in different parts of the world helps me uh, try to deliver the message a little bit better every time. Yeah. Um, so, so they can understand it. You know, and then I, I learn every time that I teach all the time. So yeah. I, after, after every time I teach, I go back to my room and I write in my journal 
uh, how the experience went, what I think went very well, uh, anything that I can change up or improve or like, oh, you know, I mean, I think I can do that better because people looked a little bit lost maybe, or uh, I like it when I even get asked challenging questions from people because I'm very open to try to see things from a different perspective because I, I, could, I could be wrong too, yeah. right? Yeah. And then I'm like, you know what? I, I love that. I'm like, yeah, that's a really good point. I never thought about that actually right. you know and then yeah. th that's that's how you you learn and you evolve and you uh, grow because that's what we should do because it could be the benefit for the people that we're trying to help because it's never it should never be about yourself right and so i was uh really working towards going into uh physical therapy but i just kept hitting all these roadblocks with um you know with not understanding why i needed to know that information but then it's like the the typical college kind of education where you're not really learning you're just memorizing until you take yeah. the next test right yeah. and you know dispassionate teachers and then you know once i got to got through massage school and then went on my own educational journey like every education course that i take now all of those teachers are teaching that for a reason it's because they're passionate about it and yeah. it really shows in your courses and i've said this to you personally and i'm going to say it publicly like you're one of the most important teachers i've ever had and just just based off of your your passion and your the how humble you are and your thirst for knowledge and just to be better each time and i just can't thank you enough i mean there, the, every every direction that you pointed me to whether it was my wife watching you on a youtube video or me taking the courses has just been huge and game-changing for me so thank you so much i appreciate it well thank you so much my friend that is definitely truly kind and uh it, it really warms my heart to hear that thank you yeah. oh, absolutely so and then i want to finish up uh um what uh books are you reading right now ha <laughs> well you know i never can read just one at a time like, right i i have to read like five to six at a time right so uh hold on i think can you still hear me when i do this yes sir uh you might hear my dog in the background yeah um i'm go i'll go through some of the stuff that i've got uh, yeah on in here uh i'm reading uh, one um that's actually called what the best college teachers do okay which I think is quite fascinating because it helps me try to become a better teacher. Yeah. And the other one I'm reading is quite interesting. It's one on the, the healing and vibrational sound therapy, healing okay. sound. Yeah. Which, which is pretty cool. A classic way of the peaceful warrior. Yeah. That one's Nobody good. has that one, the way of the peaceful warrior. Yep. And I'll give you two more. The Fourth Phase of Water yep. by Gerald Pollack. And uh, then I've actually got one that I just started that is more about vision for the eyes. It's for, um, it's called See to Play. See to Play. Okay. And it's, it's working with the eyes to help uh, elite athletes. Nice. Vision. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I do a lot of work with the... Uh, 
with the eyes in relationship to uh, the muscles, but also sensory input and emotional trauma. Because right. you know, what you, when you see something that gets hardwired into your nervous system. Yeah, and the, the book list that I have grows exponentially each time I talk to somebody on the podcast or each course I go to. So it's just further proof that you're a student for life. Oh, yeah, man, it's like crazy. Huh? Yeah, it's like every time I turn around, I'm like, oh, I got another book I got to get. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. like, and then I'm like, how can I know? I'm not knowing about this one. And then I start yeah. reading it, and then I feel like I'm so stupid. I don't know anything. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, well, and it's like because you see it, you're like, how how was I even living without knowing this information? <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. I'm sure everybody knows where to find you, but in case they don't, go ahead and uh, uh, shout out all your websites and your Instagram and where everybody can find you. Thank you. Well, it's pretty easy to find if you type in "stop chasing pain." Stop chasing pain. Anything and everything you want to see or not want to see shows up yeah. <laughs> for me on there. And then, you know, that'll link it to all my social media stuff. If you want to find me on any social media platform, which I'm pretty much on all of them, I spend most of my time on Instagram for sure. That's the one I enjoy the most, but yeah. it's the same name, Stop yeah. Chasing Pain. And then you can link to all of my workshops, the functional medicine one, the lumbatic one, and the movement one. I do have a membership site that people can pay to join and they get behind the scenes footage. I think I've got up to 800 videos right now that people can go through to look at. And then uh, you can also get access to uh, videos to purchase like the lymphatic video that we talked about. And I'm excited to say that um, the functional medicine and movement course uh, I'm going to be in Australia. I don't know when this is going to air, but we'll be in Australia next week. Okay. And then uh, we're going to be filming that and that's going to be made uh, as an online learning course. Nice. So people who can't, who cannot make the course physically can learn it via online and uh, learning modules as they go through. And since you've been to the course, you'll automatically get that by the way. Perfect. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. I think that's it, man. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate you so much. Ditto, my friend. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Absolutely. And we'll talk to you soon. You bet. All right. Have a good night. You too.